0: Welcome to episode 34 of Cartel Conversations, the podcast of the Micro Model Railroad Cartel and the Micro Model Railway Dispatch Easing. Joining me tonight is Dispatch Editor Ian Holmes. Well, Ian, how's retirement going?
1: <laughs> it's going good. It's going good. Yeah, as I tell everybody who asks me, you know, uh, I was born for retirement. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at last I have uh, time to work on all the projects I want to. Uh, After shoveling all the snow around here in Minnesota, that is, you know, because we're currently like ten inches above average snowfall for January alone, and uh, we're we're two feet above the average snowfall total just for the winter. You know, we've had. I mean, we always like record at the start of the month, and uh, there was. One Tuesday where we could have recorded, and we had like eight inches of snow that day, mm-hmm. and six inches of snow the next day. Wow! Yeah, not you, know, you i glad you don't have
0: to drive in that.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 heck, yeah! You know, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Days are good, you know. Now you're retired, you know. Ah, oh, get up, have breakfast, you know, brew the coffee, and then then I spend time doing research i'm doing little like bunnies right now you know research which is like uh reading all the model railway forums and websites this is like this is research i used to do it for fun and now it's like it's research it's <laughs> <you just> work <laughs> it, it, to, you know to, to a certain extent it is work you know now but i, I don't mind you know because i'm looking up stuff uh, for the dispatch see if i can find people who would be willing to uh submit articles to the dispatch and uh, then you know after i've done that for an hour or so then i'll get on and on and i'll work on layouts and stuff so you know i can't complain
0: that's great i'm glad you're enjoying retirement any uh project updates now that you're retired i guess you probably do have some updates don't you
1: well yeah um the uh old cartel challenge layout refurbishment well i guess you know we can say that that's pretty much done. You know, I, I'm looking at it right now and, uh, you know, I, I could take it to a show in this state. So I think we can fairly well say it's uh It's done. You know, it's like uh, I'm not sure it's a model of a mine anymore because, I mean, I've done a whole new set of buildings for it. And I've just added a new locomotive courtesy of uh, Loco Remote in the UK. You know, I did my first static grass work and i thought oh that's cool that was a lot of fun i really enjoyed that and uh yeah so right and yeah i'm at that, this stage now where it's like i'm just like adding a lot of like scrap and all kinds of detritus and rubbish that would be around a work site you know so and mm. that's one of those things where you, you don't know where to stop the piece that i'm really quite proud of is uh i turned a uh One of my Binnie Hudson skips into a a pile of decrepit rusting junk, which I'm really pleased with. You know, I'm getting a chance to do a lot of things now that I never had done before. In 16mm scale being so much bigger, it's so much easier to do a lot of these things. So the whole layout is pulling together really nicely. I really like what I've got.
0: Yeah, I've seen a few photos of it. It looks good. And I like that with your old uh, derelict Skip that you have there. That looks really good. Coming along really nice. Uh, I did unpack my wetter are our food services. I talked about getting that out after the first year, after all the Christmas and holiday decorations were down. And I did set it up. And that was the first time in two years I've actually had it out. I didn't realize it had been that long. Wow. And um, I was going to go ahead and refresh the scenery. And I uh, was thinking about changing the backdrop to a, a photo backdrop. Mm-hmm. But as I got to looking at it, I just decided I was going to leave it as is, uh, rethinking out the backdrop and, and doing photos and stuff. And I thought, eh, you know, I've got the painted backdrop. It's kind of that good enough effect. I'm I'm not really worried about changing it. One of the biggest problems I have with using the foam core board for the backdrop is it does warp. Mm-hmm. I've got a method for using some binder clips to hold it in place and all, but I thought, well, you know, I could get maybe some styrene and build it or even use, uh, you know, masonite or hardboard to do that. And I just thought, I don't think it's really worth the effort to change it. I think I'm just going to leave it just as it is and not worry mm-hmm. about it. And I got to looking at the static grass and, you know, I was looking at some photos, but when I got to see it up close and personal, actually the grass still looks good. It's not faded, you know, because I keep it stored and it's in a dark container Um, You know, I don't have it out in sunlight or anything. It it hasn't uh, faded or anything like that. I think I'm just going to leave it that way and thought, well, it looked kind of good. So I played with it for a little bit and then um, had a a little bit of a bulky locomotive that sort of, uh, (laughs) let's put it this way. It almost went flying across the room just because (laughs) I've been working on this thing. And now all of a sudden it doesn't want to work. And it's funny how, you know, you do everything with it and all, and it was working great and everything. I repainted the shell, did everything with it, put it all back together. Now the thing doesn't act like it wants to run right. So it's like, you know, I, I can't win. So anyway, yeah. that sort of discouraged me. So I thought, well, you're going back up. So I packed it back up, and I was checking the schedule this year for local train shows in my area. And it just still hasn't been a whole lot. A lot of them are full weekend shows, and unless mm-hmm. I have vacation, I can't devote a whole weekend to it. But um uh, A lot of the old Saturday-only shows that we have in my area, they're just a lot of those events, they're not happening anymore. So I guess after COVID and everything, those uh, venues, I think, quit doing them. So the people who were putting them on must have stopped doing them. So it looks like it might be another year with no uh, shows. So we'll see what happens to that.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I can always pull it out whenever I want to. So it's Mm -hmm. uh, no big deal with that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, because it's like uh, for a while there it's – at the start of my retirement you know just as we were getting into the new year i was thinking oh right great i can't wait to get started on something and it's like oh, what shall i do i didn't really know what i was what i wanted to do i mean the thing is with this cartel challenge layout i'd really lost my way on it and it took quite a while for the right sort of inspiration to hit me you know and uh, strangely it did just by like building a tin shed yeah you know it's that's all it took up I found this video um of some guy in Germany has a a Feldbahn railway in his back garden and his workshop was like it's like a big tin shed structure And I thought oh that's nice I like that tin shed I mean I love the railway that they had in his backyard as well but but the, the shed just like hit me you know and that was so I started making up my own version of this workshop shed and now that sits right in the front corner of the uh, the layout and everything just like snowballed from there like i say i really feel like it's done you know it, i've passed the uh, all the figures that i have for the layout over to my wife to paint them and uh, i believe she's painting them right now or she will be later on this evening but uh, yeah it's uh, um the pace of which the layout came on just like that was like quite surprising because for the longest time i was just like oh what the heck shall i do it's now here and i'm i've done silly things today like add door handles to doors because you can in 16 millimeter scale you know a door handle mm-hmm. is big and visible so yeah i've been having a heck of a lot of fun with this and uh, yeah I, i'm actually wondering what i'm going to do now that uh I've got it to this like almost complete state. I've got some binny skips to paint, but you know it's Minnesota. It's minus sixteen Fahrenheit out there right now. You know I'm not going to go down to the garage and uh, the unheated garage and do any spray painting. So <laughs> <laughs> so these things have got to wait until it warms up a bit.
0: We did start up our new. Um challenge build which was our 24-hour challenge build mm-hmm. and that started um, right at the first of the year and it's posted on our cartel facebook group and it's actually going to run through february and it's just basically you plan on building a layout in 24 hours and you can preassemble your baseboard get all your components together you have some structures because you know structure building sometimes can take a while but basically you just pick a day between now and february And then you try to put it all together in that day and it's just for fun. We're not doing any formal contests or anything with it. So uh, I've seen several people on the cartel group who have uh, started uh, working on different projects and all. And so that's going on right now. So if you're interested in that, be sure to go to Facebook and check out the Micro Model Railroad Cartel Facebook group. And you'll find information on there. I have it uh, pinned up there in the uh, featured or announcement section. They, Facebook keeps changing the name of that. So it's at the top of the page. So if you go there, you'll find that information.
1: Maybe I'll be struck with inspiration to uh, do something with that. It's it's the four square feet minimum,
0: right? And yeah. that doesn't count staging. Yep. So,
1: so that's, that's it's awesome. just, you know,
0: four square foot and see if you can build it. It's just a self challenge. It's just for fun. And it's yeah. it's on the honor systems. We're not going to send out the uh, build police and uh, do anything with you there. But uh, <laughs> anyway, that's going on right now. So
1: okay then well as you know we had the um cartel christmas challenge at the start of uh this result, finish and results at the start of december and it was a resounding perfectly fair to say it was a resounding victory for our special guest tonight uh joe gill martin joe welcome to our humble little podcast
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate you inviting me in. Before we get to the layout, so let's uh,
1: talk a bit about yourself and uh, your model railroading history. I mean, how did you get into the hobby? I mean, was it like Tom and I that you got a, a model railroad, a train set for Christmas, or was it yeah. something different?
2: Not for Christmas. My, my dad and my uncle were into trains, and my dad <laughs> built me a drop-down Piece of plywood that dropped down over my bed in ho and i think it was tyco or mantua or something like that i remember it was a shark nose ho locomotive i had it was my first locomotive and it was very special to me because not long after that my my father passed away so it was like a, that kind of remembrance of, of him you know was was important to me and, so you- and modeling just you know i mean i i i did all kinds of modeling i did plane models car models train models
1: so uh, you carried on with this all through your childhood and your teenage years. And that's uh, and I a, a little bird tells me that you actually carried this on into your employment life. You actually worked in the film industry. What did you do in the film industry?
2: Um, I, I built sets and I did special effects. Um, I, and I think that the draw for the film industry for me was I liked the idea of creating a little world and having it come alive. That's what drove me both in the film industry and in uh, my modeling.
1: Do you find that the techniques that you could use in the film industry worked with the way you worked in, in your personal hobby in model
2: railroading? A lot of the painting techniques and the uh, the aging and the uh, tromped oil, the fake wood, mm-hmm. um, that is a big part of it. And everything in the movies, most everything, is one-sided. So you're seeing one side and not the other side. So yeah. the front needs to be finished perfectly, even though the back may not be. And the one thing, this is probably a secret I shouldn't let out, but uh, uh, in the movie business, when you hear that the producers, etc., are coming through the uh, stage to look at what, what you've done, everyone gets together and makes it what well, we call eyewash they kind of gussy everything up so that there's things that your eye picks up and makes you forget about some of the other things that aren't quite done. Mhm. I've been known to do that too <laughs> with my models. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you super detail one little bit hoping that uh, they don't notice the little bit around the corner.
2: Right, the eye gets drawn to that and maybe the little part over here isn't isn't so noticeable.
1: Uh-huh. Yes. I might have to try that. I'm looking at my little cartel challenge layout right now. So I go, what can I work on that little bit extra to like um, divert the eye from that mess at the back? You know? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so you uh, worked in the film industry for how long?
2: I've been a member of the union for 36 years
1: you must have um, worked on many a movie that uh, we will all know any of the movies that you worked on
2: yeah i worked on uh, the original untouchables movie i worked on a lot of john Hughes's movie of the home alones pretty in pink uh, uncle buck i worked on uh, road to perdition on league of their own public enemies and my last film was uh, Now You See Me, which we did in New Orleans. It's uh, kind of about magicians and mesmerizing people with Woody Harrelson. Uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I've done so many movies over the years. Uh-huh. It's, uh, you know, it's hard to they kind of all run into one another.
0: Joe, I wanted to ask you on your challenge
2: layout that you built, did you have an inspiration for that? I did. I did. Well, of course, Carl, you know, the the square foot inspiration but um uh, roy link who just passed away who um really had a big effect on me i'm a complete anglophile and uh model mostly english prototype models he had a book that he sold and in it was a sewage plant i think it's burley sewage plant or something and someone had made a model of it it was on display in english shows and i kind of took a little bit of that away from it that's the the bridge Mm
1: -hmm. and the
2: the building with the two with the two openings came from that. And you know, I kind of gave my own flavor to it.
1: Now you mention it, I can see that. Yes. So let's uh, talk a little bit more about the hurry and cane layout then. So uh, you, I guess, probably had your plans scuppered to a certain extent by the hurricane that uh, you were by, by my good. friend Ian. <laughs> yeah, the hurricane <laughs> that you were like good-naturedly <laughs> blaming me for. <laughs> so, t- talk us a bit more through how you were working on that, and uh, how much the hurricane actually affected your work. Because I don't think you got uh, started on it until Hurricane had been through, had it?
2: No, I, re- I really didn't. I-, I didn't realize that. Uh, I, you know, I- I've been remiss in listening to the Cartel podcast, and I heard about this challenge. And I went, well, I wonder if I could do anything to see it. You know, why not try? Mm-hmm. So I kind of went right into it. And uh, and since I'm retired, mm-hmm. um, I do have some time on my hands that I can take advantage of. And I did have most of the materials around. The buildings themselves are all cardboard and paper, uh, paper off of the internet. And uh, they're plans out of my mind, except for the Engine House, which is a smoky bottom lumber company mm-hmm. kit that I just replicated in paper. During the hurricane, we lost our fence, we lost our roof, we lost our, our pool cage, the house, there, there was junk all over the house. And, uh, you know, I just, I guess you kind of get my mind off of that. I put my mind on the layout.
1: That's what model railways are for. It's one of these things which we always say, it's like it is a distraction from the real world. I use my model railroading as a yeah. escape from my well especially when i was working you know from uh from the mental stresses and strains of work to come home and work on a model railroad is exactly what you need you can just forget about all the problems you've had during the day
2: yeah i i find myself just working on the model it, whatever part of it i find myself lost in that i become completely involved in it yeah um it just kind of takes me away which is really nice you know I, I enjoy that
1: there are um slight drawbacks to that that's like so that i've I was I was really bad at this. It's like I would get so involved. I mean, I would I yeah, I would lose totally all track of time. You know, I'd go upstairs from the basement to the kitchen and I'd set the kettle going and uh, for a cup of tea, you know, and then I'd uh, the kettle would boil and I'd pour the water and I think, OK, a couple of minutes downstairs while the tea brews. Forty minutes later, I remember that I've got a cup of tea upstairs. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a very strong, cold cup of tea in the kitchen.
2: (laughs) Well, we've known each other for at least through the Internet for quite a while.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yes. I mean, we Um, go back to the like the uh, GN 15 days of the Natterbox,
2: don't we? Absolutely. And that (laughs) I think the Natterbox for me. Opened my eyes up and opened my modeling up completely because it. Everybody did everything there. I mean, there were guys like Jim Favre, who was was just a tremendous guy and a tremendous mind. Yeah. Um, And he did some just wonderful things. And everybody was just building and changing and doing stuff and and going off in different directions. Um, And it was for me, it was very, very exciting.
1: And you're talking about Jim Favre there. Do you remember he did like a uh, he kitted out one of Steve Bennett's nap kits like a dragster? Right. Right. <laughs> and it's like, "What are you doing, Jim? But it's like, and people are doing that today with their more whimsical their emmett style
2: yeah, exactly well, exactly.
1: i mean i for the longest time, I actually couldn't get into. That whimsical style, that Emmett style of modelling, you know, I was a Haywood purist. I think you probably remember that I was pretty well a a Haywood purist. And if if it wasn't built by Sir Arthur Haywood, I wasn't interested. But uh, I can see the similarities between what these guys are doing with their whimsical stuff now and what we were doing back then in those early days of GN-15. Yeah.
2: Well, I think I think the whimsical stuff, the whole idea of, of something different than GP7s and ST40s mm-hmm. um, is is what really attracted me because, you know, you have this small stuff and it's kind of trundling around and it, and it looks, you know, the, the look is, is so much different mm-hmm. that to me it was much more exciting. I grew up in Chicago and um, not far from my house there was the North Shore, the C&W, the milwaukee road Mm -hmm. you know uh, all those lines were right there and it would they were neat and they're beautiful but these small railroads really dragged me in yeah i'm working in ON and 14 -hmm. and in uh and because of you in in 16 millimeter now (laughs) oh gosh there's too (laughs) there's
1: too many people blaming me well for too much stuff going on in the model railway world you know (laughs) So,
0: Joe, is that mainly what you model? Are you doing like the, the narrow gauge like that?
2: I have bounced around. I'm, I'm a, the typical rubber gauge. you know, GN-15 all over the place. I was in ON-3, hon 3 hon 30 ON-2. I've been in all of it. And I, I think I've settled down now. I'm in O-14, which is a British O-scale on 14-millimeter track. Okay. And uh, I'm in. I'm also in SN-32 which uh-huh. is two foot gauge, sixteen millimeter to the foot, and I guess it's one nineteenth scale. Um, yeah. and those are those are the two the two industrial sizes that I really I still have little pieces of g n nine floating around and stuff and I, you mm-hmm. know I, I have all kinds of stuff, but those are the two things i'm I'm concentrating on.. Yeah. yeah.
0: Did you have any challenges when you were building your challenge layout? Was there anything? I mean, you know being an experienced builder that you are, did you have anything that
2: uh, well the, the, tripped the, up the, a little bit? I hadn't worked a lot with paper uh, before, um, mm-hmm. so that was a challenge. I, I went through a thing of ink in my printing machine, reprinting, <laughs> reprinting different <laughs> don't, pieces. Don't you? That that that's the that's the only
1: problem with these uh, with these downloadable textures and kits, isn't it?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And. Um, I've always done, like, flocking and and grass and stuff like that, but I I haven't really gotten into the uh, static grass. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, This is the first time I attempted static grass, and it didn't work very well, and I now went out and bought myself a knock static grass machine Mm -hmm. to try and see if that works any better, but that was one of the challenges. The turntable is straight out of, I don't know if it was Steve Bennett or Carl or whoever, just the... uh, plastic brass tube situation just like you know that typical gn15 stuff
0: it's beautiful work really I, turned out nice it is very inspiring it, it's kind of like that when it, it came out because i had posted all the entries and and i posted that right about midnight my time and and the mm-hmm. next morning i get up and i turn on facebook and I've got a message from Ian, and basically Ian says, well, it's pretty much over. (laughs) I went and looked, and I was like, whoa! I was like, yeah, I think that's pretty much over. And at that point, I thought, well, I'm glad I didn't enter now. (laughs) All the entries were really nice, and I liked what everybody did.
1: How long did it take you to build it, then, from start to finish?
2: About, About six weeks.
1: Who says they've got no time to build a
2: model railroad? (laughs) uh, The whole concept of the micro layout to me is really um, there were some guys I remember kind of started along with Carl. There were there was a bunch of guys up in Canada who were doing micros for a long time. I don't know Mm -hmm. if they're still up there doing it. Anyone can do a micro layout anywhere. You know, it's like everyone has room for one. The age of the basement filling railroad, I think, is coming to an end.
1: I hope so. I think micro layouts are obviously going to become I believe they're going to become more and more important because people's I mean modern houses are now getting smaller and smaller it seems to be the natural way to go if the hobby needs to survive if the hobby wants to survive then you've got to like cater for the people with little room
2: well and, and down here in Florida I no, no one has a basement down
1: yeah. here mm. <laughs> yeah so I was at uh, train fest last year and i I had a long discussion with a representative from atherne he lived uh, somewhere on the east coast somewhere like new england somewhere like and his house didn't have a basement he was limited by the space that he had in his spare room so yeah we had a long discussion about that I mean, so I think manufacturers are coming around and uh, I have had discussions with members of uh, with of model railroader as well. And uh, I think they're coming around slowly. You know, and the, the big basement filling empire is always still going to shift copies. You know, it's that's still what people want to see. At,
2: well, uh, people people like operating and you do need yeah. space to operate. It's, yeah. I mean, you can operate a micro, but it's. It's not something that we can get several people together and operate. Nope. Nope. Now that the competition is over, I'm starting to work on a couple other things. Uh, like I said, I'm working on my O14 layout, mm-hmm. but I'm also uh, going building a a micro in you know, SM32, 16 millimeter, whatever. Oh it was wow! Called, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, Joe, be sure to post that on
0: the Cartel Group if you wish. You. And uh, when you get things going on that that you want to share, feel free to do that. I said it's always inspiring to see people's work and all that. And I know that uh, we've had, uh, with our new 24-hour challenge, just a fun challenge that we're doing right now, we've had several people posting on that. It's good to see people you know, getting inspiration and
1: uh, doing different things.
2: I also have something coming from Chris Rennie.
1: Oh, (laughs) (laughs) what what? Come on, you you can tell me because I am I am Chris Rennie's biggest fan in America. I think. I mean, I'm I'm looking at a hoodie and I'm looking at Amberley right now. I've got those on my layout. I mean, I love Chris Rennie's work. I think it's uh, great. It's it's accurate. It's reasonably priced, and the whole Wi Fi idea it's just like a whole new it's really opened my eyes to me to a whole new way of running my layout so what have you got what do you got coming from chris the micro model railway dispatch is the journal for those interested in the designing building and operating of micro model railway layouts Released four times a year and full of inspirational layouts and articles, it's your gateway to the world of micro-layouts. The dispatch is free and available for download from micromodelrailwaydispatch.com. There you can download the current and all back issues. You can also show your appreciation and support for the magazine's future through buymeacoffee.com. In addition, you can be placed on the mailing list to access the magazine early by contacting the editor at m m r d editor at gmail.com.
2: I have the new uh, little locomotive. The,
1: the motor rail.
2: The motor rail locomotive. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. I got uh, one of those
2: coming too. A turn. couple, a couple of tip wagons and the tipper. Uh huh. And I've, you know. Um, I tried printing. I have a 3D printer, but it's a resin printer. I tried printing some of the track on the resin printer, and it doesn't like that. So it looks like I'm going to have to get a jet printer track. When I talked to Chris, that's what he said. There'll be something with that, and I think I think you're at right, the battery power thing. My motor rail simplex um, that I'm I'm putting together from IP Engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, that's I have a Nami unit that I'm going to put in that. Yeah, we'll see how uh, mm-hmm. dead rail or whatever they want to call it
1: these days. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole new world to me. I mean, I've been track-powered trains for all my life, and now I've bought these kits from Chris, and I'm now using my iPhone to control my trains. And it's all wireless and Wi-Fi, and uh, it's amazing. It really is. I mean, it's like you don't have to worry about your track being dirty or anything like that. The dead rail is interesting to me yeah
0: Joe anything else you want to share with
2: our listeners? no no really just I I, I appreciate everyone's the confidence everyone had to vote for me in that and uh I think that all the entries were very good I appreciate everyone uh, working on it and I don't know if I'm going to end the one day thing but uh, uh-huh. I'm sure yeah. there'll be some
1: well, other stuff well yeah out. Nick well I think don't we announce the subject for this year's Christmas challenge next month Tom
0: yeah, we usually announce that in March, the next uh-huh. challenge coming up. I've been sworn to secrecy, Joe, so <laughs> Ian's already shared with me what it is, but I'm not allowed to talk about it. So. Okay,
2: and for you, Tom, I'm putting together some photos and a little description of uh, just what happened to make that hurry uh, and Kane layout come together. Um, Excellent. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. it'll be in Ian's magazine. In the Dispatch.
1: In the, in the Dispatch. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Oh, I should be looking forward to that. As a seamless segue yes. into the Dispatch, because we didn't, because Tom and I usually reminisce about the month's issue at once. Yeah, the, we should uh, have done that about three coming. weeks
0: ago, Ian. We, so. <laughs>
1: yeah. I was I was shovelling snow at the time, probably.
0: We're going to talk about the uh, Christmas edition of The uh, Dispatch. So, Ian, uh, I'll let you go ahead and take that away. What did you
1: think of it? I mean, it was a lot of hard work to put that one together.
0: Well, I enjoyed it. I always enjoyed the Christmas edition. You know, I I enjoyed the um, segment that was on, um, you know, animation and, of course, that's something that uh, I haven't tried yet, which I'd like to try. And, Joe, have you done animation
2: on any of your uh, I, layouts? I, I have not, but the, that was really interesting, the way that was shown in the Christmas issue. I, I was trying to put something together. To, I, I had some GN9 stuff that I was trying to put together for my Christmas thing. But that, once again, the time got away from mm-hmm.
1: me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I totally believe that micro layouts have to have some kind of working feature on them in order to keep uh, people's interest up a tipper or a loading feature always seems to be the uh, like the easiest thing to do but you know I was looking at uh, Gunther's uh, article in there about the tippers that uh, he was creating and the fact that he actually had it so that uh, pivots and pulleys and things underneath the layout so that uh, a guy holding a stick like rotates as the same time as a, a rod protrudes up through the baseboard and the rod that's going up tips the tipper but because the guy holding a stick is rotating, it looks like he's tipping the tipping wagon. And I'm going like, oh, my gosh, how do you even begin to work that out? Well, you, you, you might have an ideas, Joe, working with. Uh, well,
2: well of- I, I have had some history with working with uh, servos and, and uh-huh. hydraulics and stuff like that. I have one of carl's uh layouts in mind and uh it, it involves some servos and some <laughs> yes. stuff that i just uh want to say too much about right now no yeah.
1: we're, we're all playing everything <laughs> everything close to our chest right now oh ian
0: i wanted to ask you um yep. with us coming up to spring you know the spring issue is going to be just around the corner on the dispatch uh anything that you are uh want to put a word out for anything you might be needing for this time around or how's your content
1: uh, content is looking good, but I'd like to put a word out to uh Joe Gilmartin to uh, get his article in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm familiar with that one.
0: Joe. It's on me all the time when I got to write something. So
1: <laughs> <laughs> the spring issue of the dispatch is looking pretty good right now. So, but yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Joe's articles, so. uh, Anything else tonight? Gentlemen? No, I don't have anything else. I did, Joe, do did you have anything?
2: Well, well, the only thing I, I want to do is thank you both for, for having this podcast. And thank you, Ian, for the, uh, the cartel, because uh, there's an opportunity to see so much interesting stuff there from different people from all over. And that's, you know, that's one of the true joys I get out of this is seeing other people's work. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Joe, well, thank you for being on tonight. We really do appreciate it. Thanks a lot for coming on, Joe.
1: Appreciate well, it. Thank you, guys. Anything else tonight, Ian? Gert Weerboos has re-uploaded the old layoutdesigns.com website to the uh, internet after many, many years of absence. Uh, some great memories for there for me personally. You know, I submitted a couple of plans. To it in, in its early days. But the thing is, is, this is a site at the minute that is basically as it was back in like ooh, the early 2000s, you know, like two decades ago, 20 years ago. A lot of the mini and the small micro plans are directly back at that era when micro layout designing was like really exciting and people were doing lots of cool things you look back at this site and you can look back at this and you can see how people's minds were working back then so it's uh, great to uh, look at it and uh, relive some memories for personally for me and uh, people who don't know about the full history of like micro layouts they would probably look at that people who like complain about micro layouts being four square feet or why can't they be bigger you know these people need to go and look at the old websites like that and find out what people were doing and get a feel for the enthusiasm of people designing these ridiculously small layouts coming up with crazy ideas Um, good to have that resource back and uh, one thing it has in there is like there's a handy list of definitions of layout sizes you know if you like that sort of thing of course you know i know some people are like label their layout as a micro layout (laughs) or whatever you know and this uh, emrys hopkins who originally came up with this site bike in the like say in the early 2000s he came up with a list of definitions for layout sizes that would cover everything all the sections of the website and of course we had micro layouts under four square feet then there was mini layouts which were under six square feet yeah, and then there were small layouts, and a small layout would be the largest. A small layout would be would be like your eight foot by four foot sheet of plywood that like model railroader would do the like the mm-hmm. yeah annual project layout. So eight foot by four foot. Medium layout would defined as fitting in something like a ten foot by ten foot room. You know, a hundred square feet. You yeah, know, that would be a uh, a medium layout, and then anything above that was large. And Mm. these were all, there was plans in all these categories on layoutdesigns.com. So it's not just for micro and small layout designers.
0: If you have any questions or comments, please contact us at one of the following. You can email the show at microcartel at aol.com. You can also comment at the podcast blog page at microcartel.blogspot.com. If you're on Facebook, be sure to join the Cartel Facebook group. Just search for the Micro Model Railroad Cartel Group. It's a private group, so you will have to join before viewing the group content. Please be sure to answer all three questions in order to join. From Ian and myself, thank you for listening.